Welcome to this edition of Back to Basics with Pastor Brian Broderson. That's what sin does. It cripples us. But Jesus heals us from that. But then he instructs us to go and to sin no more. To go and to sin no more. This is what God is in the business of doing. He's in the business of restoring lives, broken lives. He takes them and he repairs them. And we can never forget that. Today on Back to Basics, Pastor Brian continues his series, Jesus Encounters. Join us as Pastor Brian begins his teaching on John chapter 5, verses 1 through 5, as he examines an encounter between Jesus and the helpless man. Now, here's Pastor Brian. So today we're looking at a person that can't help themselves, who doesn't have anyone available to help them. And in this case, a person who, in the end, doesn't even really realize what the root of the problem is and what they really need. So we want to just sort of look at this person and apply that a little more broadly to ourselves or people uh, around us today. So I, I want to look at three things. I want to look at the scene, first of all, the, the background, the backdrop to the story. Then we want to look at the person, the man, the helpless man. And then we want to look at the Savior, Jesus, and his response to the situation. So the first thing that I want you to notice is the location of these events. Verse two says, now there is in Jerusalem by the sheep gate, a pool, which is called in Hebrew Bethesda, having five porches. Now, Bethesda means the house of mercy. And so there's this pool. Actually today, if you were to enter into the city of Jerusalem through what's called today the Lion's Gate, and you just go a little ways up the street, and you come to a church there called St. Anne's, and it's in that little compound, a walled-off area, a beautiful garden area, that the ancient pools of Bethesda were discovered. So today you can actually go and you can see these pools, as not, not as they would have been in their day because they're ruins now, but you can get somewhat of a picture of what a, a beautiful spot it was at the time. So it was a a very beautiful area, a porch, a colonnaded area with these pools that were probably like mineral baths. And yet in this particular place, it says that there were a great multitude of sick people, blind, lame, and paralyzed who were there. So this is the background. And as you can imagine, it's a hopeless and a depressing situation. So a great multitude, it says, of people who were infirmed. So it's not a place that you would go unless you yourself were infirmed, or maybe you had a friend or a loved one that was there, or you helped transport them back and forth from there. But it's not a place where you would just go, you know, spend time. But yet, we find that Jesus is there. 
And we find that Jesus is there because what we know about Jesus is wherever there's suffering, wherever there's human need, wherever there's misery, Jesus is there. He's there not just to observe, but as we're going to see, he's there to help. So that's the setting. That's the background. Now let's look for a moment at the man. So it tells us now about this man, and it says that he had an infirmity 38 years. Think about that, 38 years, a long time to have an infirmity. The man must have been probably in his 50s or maybe 60s at this point. Why do I say that? Because we, we know from what ultimately transpires in the story that the man's infirmity was, was directly related to some sinful behavior. And so we know that he wasn't born in this condition. We know that sin brought this condition on. So we can assume that this happened, you know, maybe in what we would call the teenage years or maybe in his early adult life. But now this sin has left him in this infirm state for 38 years. And he's in this condition. And because of his infirmity, he is incapable of getting himself into this pool. So that's where we see he can't help himself. Not only can he not help himself, but he says in response to Jesus, as Jesus begins to converse with him, Jesus saw him lying there, verse six, and knew that he had already been in that condition a long time. He said to him, do you want to be made well? The sick man answered, sir, I have no man to put me into the pool. So there's no one to help this man. We see, again, he, he's a helpless man. But then we also see that he has a, a false hope, really. Because as I already said, this was a legend. This, was a, this wasn't a reality. People weren't healed of this kind of infirmity there. So he's hoping in something that is never going to actually materialize for him. So even if he could get himself into the pool, he would then still be greatly disappointed because healing would not have come. So we see that this man is in a, a really desperate situation, plus he's just, his whole thinking is wrong. So he really is in a, in a hopeless, helpless state. And finally, we see about him that he doesn't even really understand the nature of his problem. He thinks that the nature of his problem is physical. So if he can get in the water, uh, he thinks he's going to be healed. But we know from the conversation Jesus has with him that the nature of his problem is spiritual. So this man, his infirmity was directly linked to his sin. Now that's not always the case. What we can say is that in an indirect sense, all infirmity, you can trace it back to sin because before sin entered the world, there was no such thing as sickness or death or any of that. So he was in the condition that he was in because of some sin that he had been involved in. So again, he doesn't realize though what his real problem is. He sees it merely as physical. He doesn't make the spiritual connection. So we have the scene, we have the man, and now let's look at the Savior. As I already pointed out, 
we find Jesus is there. And like I said, this isn't a place where you'd want to go. And, and if you just visualize in your mind the scene, a great multitude of infirm people, you're not going to want to go there unless you have to. But Jesus goes there because that's what Jesus is about. Jesus is about helping the infirm. Remember, he said himself, he said, the, those who are whole do not need a physician, but those who are sick. And then he said that he had come as uh, a healer. That was what he had come to do. So he has this conversation with the man, and he asked him this question. As the man explains his dilemma, Jesus says to him, do you want to be made well, or probably more literally, do you want to be made whole? Do you want to be made well? Now, that seems like a bit of a strange question if you think about it. Of course he wants to be well, right? I mean, that's the whole objective. Get into the pool so I can be made well. But Jesus asked him, do you want to be made well? And, you know, here's something that we don't often realize, but it is actually the case. Not everybody who suffers or is afflicted, and especially when there's a sin connection to it, not everyone wants to be well. We, we assume many times that, well, of course they want to be well, but in actuality, many times people don't. Because their condition, their affliction, is oftentimes the thing that they use to manipulate to make people feel guilty, to uh, get some sort of uh, emotional advantage in a situation. We, we see this kind of thing all the time. But in this case, of course, this man, he seems to want to be made well. But then, as we've already seen, he begins to tell Jesus about his plight, that he has no man to put him into the pool, and so Jesus says, rise, take up your bed and walk. Rise, take up your bed and walk. You know, this is a, one of the things about Jesus. And this is one of the, the wonderful truths that we still need to understand today. The Jesus who spoke these words to this man 2,000 years ago, that Jesus is still living today. He's still working today. And he provides for people today the power to do what he commands them to do. Now, think about it. Rise, take up your bed, and walk. The problem with this guy is that he can't rise. That's his problem. He can't do this. But Jesus says, do it. And when Jesus tells us to do something, he empowers us to do it. You see, oftentimes... We say those kinds of things. Well, I, you know, I can't. Jesus might be speaking something to us and telling us that this needs to change or he doesn't want us to do that anymore or he wants us to make a step in this direction. And oftentimes we kind of come back with that response of, well, I can't do that, Lord. You know, that's, that's my problem. I can't do it. But listen, know this. When Jesus says to do it, you can do it because he empowers us to do it. He gives us the ability that we don't naturally have. 
And just as he did it for this man then, he does it for people today. When you have an encounter with Jesus, the living Jesus, it results in life transformation. It results in immediate work taking place in one's life. So Jesus says to him, rise, take up your bed and walk. And immediately the man was made well. He took up his bed and he walked. And that day was the Sabbath day. So, and again, this is one of the beautiful things that I want to stress about an encounter with the Lord. An encounter with Jesus always results in something beneficial for us immediately. There's an immediate result. Now, the the results aren't always identical. Even as we go on in some of the stories, in some cases, the healing of Jesus, uh, there's, there's a little bit of a process that he takes a person through. Maybe you remember reading the story in Mark's gospel where Jesus, um, he heals a blind man. He, he spits and uh, he forms some mud and he rubs it in the man's eyes. And then um, he asks him if he can see. And the man says, I see people like trees walking. And so then the Lord touched him again and brought complete and total sight to him. What that shows us is that when Jesus touches us, instantaneously something begins to happen, but sometimes it happens through a bit of a process rather than everything happening just that very instant. But in this case, it is instantaneous. Jesus says, rise, take up your bed and walk, and boom, the man stands up. Rise, takes up his bed, and he begins to walk. And this is because, as I said, Jesus empowers us to do what he commands us to do. And there's nothing that is beyond his power. There is nothing that is beyond his ability to to deal with. There's nothing that he cannot empower us to overcome. There's nothing that he will not deliver us from if we want to be delivered. He speaks that word to us. And as we respond to that word, he gives us the power. So if you're here today and maybe there's something in your life that, that you just cannot overcome, and, and no man has been able to help you. Maybe you've been through programs. Maybe you've been through therapies. Maybe you've been through counseling sessions. Maybe you've been through rehab. Maybe you've been through prison. Maybe, you know, all of those things. But you, it, this thing still has a hold of you. You see, the truth is, just like the, the water in the pool was really never going to heal this man, the truth is those things can't ever really do what needs to be done because our problems are not merely physical or uh, emotional problems. Our problems are essentially spiritual. And until we are healed in the deepest part of our being, which is our spirit, then we have no deliverance. But this is what happens with this man. And as we just kind of quickly follow through the story here. The man takes up his bed, he walks. And notice that John tells us, and that was the Sabbath. The Jews, therefore, and the Jews are a reference to the Jewish leaders in Jerusalem. The Jews, therefore, said to him, 
who was cured. It is the Sabbath. It is not lawful for you to carry your bed. He answered them. He who made me well said to me, take up your bed and walk. Think about this for a moment, though. This is so often, this is religion. Here's the guy, and and undoubtedly, he was recognized. And they see this man, and they see that he's walking, and he's carrying his bed. And, you know, they might have, some of them might have thought, hey, isn't that the guy at the pool that's been there all of these years? And what's he doing? He's walking. But that's not their response. They look at him and say, what's he doing? He's walking. He's breaking the Sabbath. (laughs) They're not amazed at the miracle that he's walking. They're angry that he's violating the Sabbath. This is how twisted so often religion can become. But as they asked him, who is the man who said this to you? Take up your bed and walk. He said, or, or John tells us, verse 13, but the one who was healed did not know who it was for Jesus had withdrawn the multitude being in that place. Afterward, Jesus found him in the temple and said to him, see, you have been made well. Sin no more, lest a worse thing come upon you. And the man departed and told the Jews that it was Jesus who had made him well. So Jesus heals him. He encounters the religious leaders, Jesus withdraws, Jesus comes back and notice what he says. He says, you've been made well, go and sin no more. So you see, this is where we see the link between his affliction and sin. It was some sin that he was engaged in that brought him into this crippled state. But the Lord heals him. And that's, that's what God does because you know, sin cripples us. If you're crippled in your life, if you're crippled emotionally, mentally, if you're crippled in relationships, if you're crippled in the sense that you're just absolutely dysfunctional and you just can't make it through life, well, you know how you got there? Sin got you there. That's what sin does. It cripples us. But Jesus heals us from that. But then he instructs us to go and to sin no more. To go and to sin no more. This is what God is in the business of doing. He's in the business of restoring lives, broken lives. He takes them and he repairs them. And we can never forget that. And we can never forget it for ourselves, but we can't forget it for our family members. We can't forget it for our our friends that maybe we're disconnected from right now. But, you know, because of that, that situation that they might be in, but we can't lose sight of that. But sometimes we forget. And sometimes, unlike Jesus, we want to withdraw ourselves from the blind and the lame and the paralyzed. We don't want to find ourselves hanging around at the pool of Bethesda because it's not a pleasant situation. We want to get ourselves away so often from the broken, sinful people. But we have to remember that those are the very people that Jesus came to save. And, you know, in the end of the day, everybody is to some degree or another in this kind of a condition. It doesn't always manifest itself in the same way. Here's a unique situation here. But in the end, whether, as we saw before, you're a person like Nicodemus, who outwardly everything is fantastic. You're one of the great religious figures of the day, but it was all the same in the end. And so 
the gospel brings the answer and with it, the instruction, go and sin no more. Jesus gives us power to rise up out of our sin and he gives us power to walk forward from strength to strength, no longer living in our sin. That's the the wonderful message of the gospel. It's a life-changing message. It brings life-transforming power. It's an encounter, as we're talking about, with God himself, the God who made us and the God who loves us and the God who died to save us and rose again from the dead and the God who speaks a word like rise, take up your bed and walk. And with that word gives us the power to do it. So Jesus, this same Jesus, he's here today for the blind, for the lame, for the paralyzed. And like I said a moment ago, if, if that is you yourself, if you sit here and you're identifying with this person, then he's here for you. If that's somebody that you know, that you've maybe lost hope for, be encouraged today that they are not beyond the reach of God. And remember, part of our objective in going through the series here is to stir our hearts with confidence in the Lord and the gospel to cause us to reach out to others. So let's not, let's not forget, there, there's nobody out there. You know, you might have a, a friend or a loved one, a family member in, in a place like that. I can think in my mind of, of people that I know that, that are in this kind of a place where they're, they're lame and they're, they've tried all of the different remedies to the problem. Nothing has been able to help. There's still hope because they can still, in just that instant, they can still open their hearts to Christ. And so let's, let's pray that they do. Let's continue to, to hold out that message to those that there is hope and deliverance in the gospel. But I want to bring it back to home, to us. If you are in that place, like this man, then the question is, would you be made whole? Are you ready to do what Jesus says? Are you ready to turn from that thing or those things and just obey him? Are you ready to rise up and walk and to walk forward in a life of obedience to God? If you're ready to do that, then his power is here to meet you, to enable you to do that. And so wherever you find yourself today, in any kind of blindness, lameness, paralysis, spiritual sickness, Jesus has a word. Rise and walk.
And now, let's join Pastor Brian in the studio as he shares about this month's resource on Back to Basics. One of my favorite newer authors is Rebecca McLaughlin. She wrote the book Confronting Christianity a few years back, which was the book of the year at the time. And she's done a new book called Confronting Jesus. And in it, she is looking at nine encounters that people had with Jesus and answering really important questions that people are asking today. So I can't recommend Rebecca enough. She just does an excellent job. And I know you're going to appreciate this book, Confronting Jesus, by Rebecca McLaughlin. Again, this month's resource is a book titled Confronting Jesus, Nine Encounters with a Hero of the Gospels by Rebecca McLaughlin. You can order the book Confronting Jesus by going to our website, backtobasicsradio.com. Scroll down until you see the photo of it and then click on the donate button. When you give a gift to Back to Basics, we'll send you the book Confronting Jesus by Rebecca McLaughlin. It's our way of saying thank you for your generous support of this ministry. We'd also like to remind you that all of our other resources are waiting for you at backtobasicsradio.com or by calling our request line at 1-800-733-6443. That's 1-800-733-6443. Our desire is to encourage you in your daily walk with God. We'll continue next time with more valuable insights from Pastor Brian as we continue our series, Jesus Encounters. Back to Basics is the preaching and teaching ministry of Calvary Chapel, Costa Mesa, California.